What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy Friday. My, oh, my, what a great group of games that was last night on college. I'm just kidding. We're recording this before the college basketball. Who think I am a lunatic? I'm Will Brinson. This is the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Sean Wagner McGuff is joining me. He is wearing some kind of shirt that he just showed me, although I don't know if that was uh, intentional. No, it wasn't. I'm I'm trying to unwrap a piece of cheese that I can eat while we record. Oh, good. I do love cheese. Um, we in fact we'll rank cheeses in a second. But first, I want to remind listeners that the madness is still here. As I pointed out, great games on Thursday night. We're one step closer to that beautiful one shining moment. Jim Nance confetti, the whole shebang, nuts, nets, nets being cut. Whoops. And the best place to stay on top of all of the NCAA tournament coverage, CBS Sports HQ. What's CBS Sports HQ? Glad you asked. You've heard me promote it a lot. It's free. 24 hours streaming sports network that is built for fans like you, like Sean, even like me. Once you, you know, up on this, uh, up on this big hill of celebrity and all that. Daily podcast, Sean. I still am a blue collar guy at heart. You'll find the latest tournament coverage by going to CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it on Fire TV, Roku, Apple TV, all over the CBS Sports app. Obviously on your phone. There's no mess with fake debates, yelling, politics, all that brouhaha you find on other sports networks. If you like this podcast, you will love CBS Sports HQ. So check it out in the app or go to cbsports.com slash live. Also, winning picks. Kelly Stewart dealing out some picks on Thursday night, a bunch of winners. She will have some more tonight, so check that out. Sean and I are going to dive into the news of the real day. Real quick, real quick. I just got to point out, as of Thursday night in the CBS Sports or CBS Interactive bracket, Will Brunson is currently ranked 336th. Is that bad? And yours truly is ranked 104th. Hmm. That's not great. I think, the, I think the trick is is to not watch a single college basketball game all year like I did. And then just pick based off your heart. Well, I'll say this. Who, I'll ask you this. Who is, um, who is, who's your champion at the end? North Carolina. Yes. Yeah, I pick them. So I pick them every single year. You should. Just, I, do, I do too, too. I just like to pick one team because, you know what I mean? Like it just ensures if you pick a good team that's always getting one seeds, they're going to make you some money. Like eventually if you just keep picking them every single year. And I've won money off of them. Like, Two of the last three years, I think. Well, they've so. been to the Final Four a bunch. I, I, I just will point out, we're talking about the big bracket. I don't think 336 is that bad for that bracket. Is it that bad? No. It's hard to count because, like, there are so many people tied for every single, yeah. like, place. Like, it goes up to 678, but I would guess it is, like, double that or, like, triple that. Right. So I'm, so I'm right in the middle. But, see, here's the key for me. Well, it's not key now that I look at the standings. Um, I've got Virginia as, as my winner. Now, unfortunately, the guys who are tied for first place also have Virginia as their winner, which is sort of annoying because that's not the case with most situations. But um, helping me out, too, I think, is that, Sean, I did not put North Carolina and Duke. Oh, crap. The guy who's in first place has Virginia Gonzaga. That's what I have. I'm screwed. All right. There's two places. The first two people are Virginia. Yeah, I know. But the guy, in, like, almost everybody has Duke in there, right? I don't have Duke in the Final Four. This guy is Virginia Gonzaga. I'm hosed. Um, I've got Houston in the final four, so I could still, uh, you know, I could still eke out something in this. But anyway, we don't really need to go, um, like line by yeah, line. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that I was beating you because I relish a chance to beat you. You certainly do. Um, my best possible score is 174 and the best possible score of the leaders are 186. I'm still in this. I'm not dead yet. I just need Virginia to win. Um, hopefully, uh, Virginia will, or, but you know what? For my Calcutta, 
Got Oregon, Michigan State, and uh, Texas Tech still alive. So if Oregon wins and beats Virginia, I will, I will live with it because it would be a profitable bracket season for me uh, as a result. Anyway, let's talk about the news you know we got to talk uh, something about Josh Rosen. It wouldn't be uh, – yeah, uh, point out, we talked about uh, Cliff Kingsbury's plans to give Cardinals players cell phone breaks. Very exciting stuff. It's possible that he will not be giving Josh Rosen a cell phone break because it's possible that Josh Rosen will not be on the team anymore since it sounds like, Sean, there are multiple teams interested in him. Obviously, the one that catches your eye is the New England Patriots, right? Yeah, and I we actually had a conversation on this podcast a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about our mocks that I was going to mock Rosen to the Patriots, and I, I I ended up doing that, and I got a bunch of people like emailing me, tweeting at me, saying like what an idiot I was for thinking like the Patriots would go after him. There's what happens is that there's just a lot of Patriots fans who are very much in the Tom Brady is never going to retire, but you know the fact of the matter is that we're going to talk about this a little later, but. He's entering the final year of his contract. Like, I know he says he wants to play into his mid-40s, but if he suddenly stinks all of a sudden, which could happen, um, he could retire out of the blue, and, you know, no one's really expecting it to happen after he wins the Super Bowl. But you never know when father time's going to come for him. So I think that makes a ton of sense. We've talked about how the Patriots have a ton of draft picks um, in this year's draft, so they would be able to offer maybe the best compensation out of those teams. Uh, the other team that out of the three that catches my eye is the Chargers, and I feel like, I've been kind of ignoring or just forgetting about their need for a long-term solution at quarterback because like the Patriots, they have a very productive, you know, quarterback who is in the MVP conversation seemingly every single year, but you just don't know when it's going to end for Rivers and if they can get Josh Rosen for a third round or second round pick, I think that's a worthwhile investment because he's going to be dirt cheap um for as soon as for as long as Rivers continues to play. I think it even makes more sense for the Chargers than I mean I, th- I think you would say equal sense for the Chargers and the and the Patriots because you have an an elderly quarterback uh ostensibly retiring fairly soon. Why not go out there and 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 try and replace him? I mean I'm I'm with you 100%. I th- I think it would be crazy uh for the Chargers not to be interested in it especially if it costs a second round pick. The Patriots biggest problem with it um is probably that n- nobody you don't want to be you don't want to trade Josh Rosen to the Patriots and then have him become Tom Brady 2.0. Cause they, I mean, that's how you, not like, like if Kyler Murray stinks and the Cardinals are bad next year, um, it, it won't matter, right? Like, everybody's getting fired anyway. But if you trade Josh Rosen to the Patriots and Kyler Murray's pretty good, but Josh Rosen is great in five years, it's gonna, it's just gonna reflect badly on your legacy. Well, so that's what Steve Kime would be remembered for, is trading right, right. away the next Tom Brady. Right, unless he wanna, unless Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury won a title, he would be remembered as the guy who traded away, who, who like, who bridged the Patriots dynasty with Josh Rosen. And I don't blame, I mean, I don't blame him. If you can get a high second round pick based on, you know, Pete Prisco and Jason Lockenfora, we talked to them on the show, uh, and, you know, Brady Quinn too. I mean, everybody agrees and insiders around the league agree that right now there is not a ton of value in Josh Rosen as I would give him a late first for him. That's just because I like Josh Rosen. I think he's flashed. I think if you put him on a good team and a good system, you could get a lot out of him. But the reality is right now he is not worth a lot in the eyes of other general managers. So as a result, um, you pretty much have to, you know, take what you can get. And I think in this case, you know, Pete, Pete thinks if they get a second round pick, they're going to take it and run and that they would be thrilled with it. Would you do that if you're the Cardinals? 
Yeah, and I think as much as we're talking about you don't want to be the guy that gave away Josh Rosen or Josh Rosen goes on to become a Hall of Famer, and certainly his chances of doing that will improve if he's paired with Belichick and McDaniels, you just have to take the best offer there. You can't worry about that. If you're set on taking Kyler Murray, I think you just have to take the best offer regardless of who you're trading into. Um, and look, you're not going to have to trade it within the division. Um, that makes it easier because no one within the division is looking for a quarterback. So I think you just take the best offer. And again, you look at the Patriots draft picks. I think they are armed to do that. And I'm with you. I think if it would take that 30 second pick, I think you do it in a heartbeat. I, the only problem I do think is that with Gronk retiring, something that 30 second pick might be a little bit more for them if one of the two tight ends, um, is there. And I like the, I really like the idea of them packaging all their picks to maybe move up for one of those tight ends. For sure. Um, so I do think losing Gronk kind of might, dampen their ability you know to spend a high pick on a quarterback when they already have Brady I I do think it's funny that sorry that there's three teams here and it seems like none of us really want him to go to the Giants even though the Giants have the biggest need for him I don't know if I really want to see him there um it just seems like he would be swapping out one bad situation um for another bad situation I don't want I don't want him to go to the Giants because then we're all going to end up looking like a-holes for blasting Dave (laughs) Gettleman if Dave Gettleman gets Josh Rosen and then lands two defensive players in the draft with those first round picks and then Eli has a decent season and retires and they make the playoffs and then Rosen steps in and he becomes a great the next great New York quarterback who wins Super Bowls and it's just Dave Gettleman just like crotch chopping (laughs) up like the entire media and doing little like funny computer mocking things I, I don't want that I don't need that in my life that's a disaster if that happens it's not going to happen, though. And and even if, if that were to happen, I think you could say the Giants completely lucked into it because if they were – if they're planning to trade for Josh Rosen, who is on his rookie deal, why would you trade Odell Beckham? Because a quarterback on a rookie deal allows you the luxury of having a really high-paid receiver, and why not – you know, Odell with Josh Rosen could be electric. And instead, if Josh Rosen were to come in there, who is he throwing the ball to? So, you know. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And even if it does happen, it's going to be one of those situations where I think they were luck into it. Not that Giants fans will care. Giants fans will still come after you on Twitter. And right, 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 right. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, it doesn't matter. No one cares about process. They just care about the results. Right. And like, that's the whole thing. And not to, this has become a Giants podcast and, or like a, so what, what are you talking about in your podcast? Dave Gettleman? <laughs> like, like, that's all we talk about. I mean, it is. Like process is so important, and, and I I think the Giants still have a chance to turn this into a net positive. Like I don't think they're destined to be just terrible, but I do think part of the problem for them is that you know the process here has not been like I don't who I mean who out there is going to tell you that the process has been great? I just don't see a I, I don't see a way that you can say you know what. The way that they've handled this has been smart and intelligent and certainly has been a uh, worthwhile approach to, to how you would handle You know what I mean? Like, there's just no yeah. no way to say that. And, and that goes to a lot of other teams in the Giants. There are a lot of teams, like, I think you look at the Raiders last year and we're spending the entire year saying, what are they doing after they trade away all these players? Um, suddenly they have, they didn't know Antonio Brown was going to fall into their lap, but suddenly, you know, you know, losing Khalil Mack and losing Amari Cooper looks a whole lot better when you can land you know, Antonio Brown practically for free in terms of compensation. But it's not like they predicted, oh, we're going to trade these guys, and then we're just going to, you know, trade for Antonio Brown. They had no idea about that. But, um, you know, so much of this is luck-based, and especially with the draft, no one really knows who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. So, um, yeah, I think the Giants' process has been terrible, but would it surprise me if in two years they're competing for the NFC East? No, because that's football. I, I'm with you. They, uh, I wouldn't, look, they could win next year. 
I mean, they could. No, they're not. They're not. They're not winning next year. I don't think it's. I, I, I don't want to. Again, we don't want this to be a Giants podcast. But I like if the offensive line is much better, and it should be, and the defense catches some lightning in a bottle, and it could, and Carson Wentz gets hurt, and the cow. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's yeah, not, he could, I mean, I mean, he could get hurt. Right. I mean, he's been hurt two of the last three years. I mean, it's not a crazy The Redskins season. don't have a quarterback. Or the Redskins could be, Redskins could win three games for all We've we know. The Cowboys win the division this, and then just completely crater the next year as well, this happened. I think that the, the Demarcus Lawrence thing is a major concern. If you lost, uh, Tyron Smith for, uh, you know, six to eight games, I mean, he's I mean, old. Yeah. I mean, and he's, oh, he's had injuries. I'm just saying, like, there's a there is a path where the Giants go nine and seven and win the division. The Panthers won the division at seven eight and one a few years ago. Nothing is off the table. The Brown the Browns are fourteen to one to win the Super Bowl. Sean, the Giants can win the division. Okay. And I'll be very happy for our boss Kevin if if that happens. I will too. You know what? Sports fan. He is. He is a long suffering sports fan. He's had to deal with uh, years and years. Uh, the New York Yankees, Yankees. winning the titles. Uh, who, who can forget all the Carolina Tar Heels titles? We talked about you in their bracket. And, and of course, the Giants. I think the, uh, are they one of two teams to have multiple Super Bowl titles since 2007? It's I think. A tough run. It's a tough run, Kevin. We feel for you, buddy. Um, we're so sarcastic, but that's okay. It's just, it's opening day and it's, you know, it's another reminder that the Mariners aren't going to make the playoffs. So I'm just, Extra salty to anyone who roots for successful. Are they going to get blasted by my boy Chris Sale? I hope so. Probably. I have Chris Sale in one of my fantasy leagues. I have, and I have Mark on a bunch of them. So, um, a good game. Ooh, yeah. you know what we could do for the rest of the podcast is just run through our fantasy teams. How would that? Yeah, be? let's do it. <laughs> would that play well with the constituents? Probably not. Um, okay, probably so, better than your beer talk. They like my beer talk. Some people, a lot of people, are like, "Hey, where's where'd the beer talk go?" Um, anyway, so to the other news of the day. The Miami Dolphins traded Robert Quinn to the – oh, wait, I'm talking about DeMarcus Lawrence. And then immediately – how did I not get that segue? That's weak. That's weak by me. Uh, they traded uh, Robert Quinn for the Miami Dolphins to the Dallas Cowboys for a sixth-round pick. Nice little pickup. Uh, by the Dallas Cowboys who badly need defensive line and pass rush help, um, in the wake of, uh, losing Randy Gregory. Although there is some buzz that I heard, at least recently, that he could, um, be, uh, I don't want to say reinstated, but that he might have a shot at getting back in there. David Irving off to free agency. And, um, you have, uh, of course, Demarcus Lawrence embroiled in contract negotiations that do not seem to be progressing quickly. Stephen Jones has said that they're at a stalemate. I've said on Twitter repeatedly, you got yourself in this stalemate, bro. You didn't pay Demarcus Lawrence last year when you franchise tagged him before Khalil Mack was traded and signed with the Bears. And now they can't find a middle ground. Like they don't, they're like, we're not paying you Khalil Mack money. He's like, well, that's fine. I'll be a free agent after this year if I play on the tag. So you are going to pay me Khalil, Khalil Mack money or else I'll get in the open market. At any rate, that's why they trade for Robert Quinn from the Dolphins. I once picked Robert Quinn to win defensive player of the year because he is that explosive former North Carolina player. Speaking of, uh, they're really tying it all together here. Uh, just 28 years old. He will be, uh, 29 in May. Still has a lot of, uh, a lot left in the tank, but has dealt with injuries a lot. He had actually had a brain tumor, um, I think in high school or in college and he fought through that. And so he's a tough guy, but certainly is, is, is dealt with injuries over the last few years. He did a reworked one year deal from the Cowboys side, Sean. Do you think this gives their pass rush enough juice to compete for the crown in the NFC East? If 
if they're pairing him with Demarcus Lawrence, sure, but he's not a Demarcus Lawrence replacement. I, I mean, it's a little bit of nice insurance, and I like the deal for them because a six-round pick is a six-round pick. How often do those actually work out? Um, and look, they should be going all in right now with Zeke and Dak um, on their rookie deals, although that won't last much longer. But he's not a replacement for DeMarcus Lawrence. I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence, you know, if Robert Quinn is hitting free agency, he's not getting the franchise tag. Uh, You know, that's DeMarcus Lawrence, a player of his caliber. So I think if they can get DeMarcus Lawrence playing, even if it's just under the tag for one year, that will work nice, and he'll be more of the Randy Gregory replacement. Um, But I get the trade for both sides. I mean, the Dolphins don't want to lose him for free, and they're not competing this year, and he's a guy, he's not old necessarily, but... He's more of a, you know, in the mold where he wants to join a team that's trying to win right now. And the Dolphins very much should be trying, uh, I mean, frankly, they should be trying to tank. Um, and they should be trying to get the top pick of the draft. So they have no use for him. They probably would have cut him. So why not get something? And if we're talking about, you know, Josh Rosen, they're a team that could use a Josh Rosen. And we've seen them trade Tannehill and get a pick. Now we've seen them trade Robert Quinn and get a pick. You know, maybe they use these picks to go get Rosen or, you know, or trade up for a quarterback in the draft. So, I like it for both sides. Um, it's just he's not a DeMarcus Lawrence replacement. I think he's a compliment. Yeah, that's what the Cowboys need, though. They need additional pass rush, um, and the Cowboys have announced it about an hour ago. Uh, Evan Silva, friend of the program of RotoWorld.com, tweeted out a uh, rough projection of the Dolphins' 2020 draft picks. Um, of course, and as he notes, before seemingly inevitable trade down to Naples draft. I think that's a great point. Expect the Dolphins, based on what they're, they've done so far this offseason, they're not tanking, but they are trying to acquire future assets. I think they're trying to take a blend of uh, Brown, like they want to take the Browns approach without being obvious about it. You know what I mean? Like they don't they want to be competitive by still losing. Yeah, they don't I mean, want to be a laughing stock. Well, the Dolphins for 20 years have been this team that have floated, or maybe 15 or 10 or whatever it's been, have floated in between nine, seven and nine and nine and seven. And that doesn't, that's the worst place you can be in sports and in particular the NFL. So I think that what they're trying to do is to sort of take a step back into the six and 10 or four and 12 range this year. If that happens, if not, if they go nine and seven, great. Then, you know, good job coaching. But at the same time, whatever they do, they want to accrue uh, assets. And so when you look at their picks coming up in 2020, they have their first, their second, their third, uh, a third projected for a compensatory pick based on free agents lost and gained a fourth. That was their own. Another fourth from the Titans for the Tannehill trade, a fifth, another fifth that's projected for compensatory, a sixth, another sixth that's uh, from the Quinn trade, and then a seventh. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that's, you know, staring at, uh, you know, 10, 10 plus picks when all, all said and done. And, and Evan's right. If they do decide to trade down and get aggressive in moving down, Sean, they could end up with a ton of draft picks in the, if they move down in 20, like, if you're the Dolphins, you, you talk, you call the Patriots and say, hey, you want Hawkinson? Come on up to 12 or wherever we are. He's right here. Uh, or you want Noah Fant, come on up and get him. We'll move down to your spot. And then you trade out of the first round again for a future first. And, and you know, if depending on who's there and how this all shakes out. But I think that's really the goal for the Dolphins is to accrue as many assets as possible and to use those assets to build out a roster. And I think that's part of what the Patriots have done in years past and what part of what the Patriots are doing now in terms of keeping all their draft picks in place so that they can keep building around Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how patient the Dolphins are because – I think that's the right move. It is the stockpile future assets, but I feel like we've seen so many teams unwilling to fully commit to it. 
Um, and certainly the Dolphins don't have the best track record, I feel like, in terms of team building. Um, and I get it's a new regime. So, you know, hopefully I, I hope that they let, you know, Brian Flores see this through. Um, and they don't judge him off the results of this year. And I think you're right. I think the only reason they stay put in the first round is if they want a quarterback and somehow he falls to them. But based off where there are, and see, in every single year we see a rush on quarterbacks, you know, people are going to trade up and whatnot that I think it's more likely the quarterback they want's not there. And is there that big of a, if they are able to trade down six or seven spots, is there really that much difference between the caliber of player? Probably not. No. Yeah. And I, I, I really don't think that they're that interested in getting a quarterback. I just don't think they, they care that much. And yeah, you know, that's, uh, fine. Sure. Knock it out. Um, did I miss any news? I probably missed some news, didn't I? Uh, Brandon Marshall and, uh, Robert, Qu- Isaiah Isaiah Crowell. Crowell, Robert Quinn, Isaiah Crowell have signed with the Oakland Raiders as Brandon Marshall, the linebacker. Uh, so that's, that's an addition from them. Oh, and Greg Shiano resigned from the Patriots before he ever actually had the job. I have informed Mr. Kraft and Coach Belichick that I'm stepping down from my position at the Patriots, Shiano said Thursday. This is not the result of any one event, but rather a realization that I need to spend more time on my faith and my family. I don't want to look back years from now and wish I had done things differently. Therefore, I am taking time away from the game to recalibrate my priorities. I respect, uh, and then Belichick said, I respect Coach Gianna greatly and appreciate his contributions to our staff and team. He is a friend who we support completely. Um, this, look, I'm not going to lie, this stinks. It stinks out loud, Sean. Why does, I mean, I, the happiest man in all of this is Michael Bennett, who got traded to the Patriots. That's right. And who you... played for Shiano in Tampa Bay. Um, and these are quotes that Michael Bennett has said in the past about Shiano after he left Tampa Bay. I think he just wants to flex his power. He has small man syndrome. I still talk to guys who are there, and trust me, there's not much respect for him in that locker room. And then a different quote. He's trying to be Belichick. Yeah, some people think Belichick's an expletive. But he's he's a legend. When this guy acts that way, it's a whole different deal. And then he was on a radio show, and someone said, someone suggested to Bennett that he couldn't play for a stiff. And Bennett said it wasn't fun. His name is Greg Schiano. So um, I think Michael Bennett, who was just traded to New England, is probably the happiest person here. Uh, who's going to be the defensive coordinator now? I have no idea. That's a great question. I mean, I, they don't, um, I, I, I could have been doing that instead of Googling Greg Shiano's children. Cause I want to know how old his kids are. Like I know one of his kids is playing at Amherst. Um, so I mean, it's not like, what's he going to do? What's he my, gonna... my, my, my take is that, uh, I don't think it matters that much for the Patriots because it's Belichick's defense. I mean, how many Patriots defensive assistants? keep getting head coaching jobs and the Patriots defense is pretty much the same. Give up a bunch of yards, but you know, don't give up that many points. Same when he plays pretty well in the postseason. So it's all Belichick. So turns out, uh, uh turns out Googling Greg Shiano and children actually just brings up a bunch of Penn state articles. Unfortunately, um, but he does have four kids, Joey Shiano, John Shiano, Katie Shiano, and Matt Shiano. Matt is the, um, I don't think they have Wikipedia entries. Isn't it bizarre that we would, um, like we can, like people want to chronicle how old, like, what kind of kids, like, you know what I mean? Like, isn't it bizarre that, like, anybody would want to chronicle somebody's children? And can just, like, go and look up anyone remotely yeah, like, famous. I mean, and... like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like Joey Shiano plays in uh, high school in North Jersey. Um, I, yeah, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. Uh, at any rate, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, 
But I mean, my point, my point is that I, I don't know. I mean, it's just he was about to be the defensive coordinator for the defending Super Bowl champions, and decided on the e, like right after free agency. And granted, the Bennett thing is a little odd, but he decided he's like, uh, you know what? I'm out of here. This is I gotta go. I, I've been doing coaching football for 25 years. This I gotta do. I gotta work on my faith and family. Faith is a weird thing to build in there. It's weird to say that. It's weird to build faith in there. I'm not saying that faith is bad. I think faith is very good, but it's bizarre to bring it in into the the, the statement. Is all I'm saying. I don't know. I, I I agree completely, and it, it's such a bizarre, vague statement that there's nothing that we can say about it because we have we have no idea why he's. Right. I mean, maybe it is faith and family, but we don't know the specifics of the faith and family, which it right. suggests that there are specifics. But bizarre, but. If one team can handle losing a defensive coordinator on March 28th, it's the Patriots. It would be the New England Patriots. That is correct. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and knock out an analysis of the 2020 free agents, because why not? The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, Sean Wagner at Sean J. Wagner on Twitter. You wrote a story about the 2020 free agent class. I know I was dive, deep dive into this. Really, um, I really, it's actually a very in-depth story. You did a really good job on it. And it's kind of shocking, I think, to look at the, the guys at the top of the list. You know, most of these guys will probably end up being signed or will end up being franchise tagged. But I don't know. I could see it. I could see things getting a little interesting. For instance, the running back class. Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, Kenyon Drake, Derrick Henry, Jim Richard, Theoretic, Giovanni Bernard, and of course, Frank Gore, who will be playing for somebody. But the top of that list, I mean, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt will be a restricted free agent, but um, it will be a free agent nonetheless. And Derrick Henry are really interesting. I mean, those are guys that could potentially get pretty good deals if they don't end up signing with their original teams. Yeah, and throw in Jordan Howard, I think, there too. I mean, the Bears have sure. been shopping him, so I think – they're for sure not retaining him, and I think they're, he's obviously a candidate to get moved before the season. The question, you know, when you put together a list like this is, you said it, there are so many good players on this list. How many of them are not going to hit the market? I have a hard time believing Melvin Gordon would hit the market. Um, at worst, they could franchise tag him. Um, I think 
you know, interesting guys. I think Kenyon Drake is another interesting guy. Him and Derrick Henry are a bit of unknowns where they, you know, they've looked the part in short bursts, but I don't, they don't deserve top running back money, I don't think. Um, so no, it's going to be interesting. And so many of these running backs, it's just going to depend how they fare this, um, this upcoming season. Um, but even at the back half of the list, you have Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick. You know, not two guys who are going to carry a backfield, but for, you know, in today's NFL that is emphasizing, you know, pass catching backs, you know, those guys can catch the heck out of the ball. I think Richard had like 60 something catches for the Raiders. Um, and Theo Riddick has been a very good pass catcher for the Lions. So I think those are two guys that kind of scream Patriots. Who knows what's going on with like James White around that time? But, um, I do think the back half of this is actually really interesting as well. And those are the guys that will hit free agency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more interesting, perhaps, though, is the potential quarterback class, which features... It's deep. It is deep. Um, at the top, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, and Eli Manning. That's 14 legitimate starting quarterbacks. Now, granted, two of those guys are on one team. Um, but, I mean, Russell could, Russell's going to get tagged. I don't think the Cowboys will let Dak leave. They'll either sign him or tag him. Um, Brady is going to retire, hang out. I think say Drew Brees showed his hand too. He's not going to leave. He's not leaving. He took less money to stay in New Orleans to try and chase a ring. So he'll either, and then, uh, Roethlisberger, I bet they will hammer out a deal before training camp with him. And then the Rivers is going to play for the Chargers his whole career and just go down with the, the good, uh, the bad, bad luck ship. Um, Marriott and Winston and Tannehill though. And percent to I think a certain extent. Mariota and Winston are really interesting because this yeah. really is a contract year for them. Because 100%. they haven't shown enough to get paid big money. And if, if Mariota get, you know, has another injury type of season, he's not, I don't know he's looking at a long-term deal even in free agency. I think he's going to get one of those one year, two year prove it type of contracts. And I think Jameis Winston's, I mean, we were talking about throughout the whole season about should the Bucks even move on before uh, this before next season from Jameis Winston and, you know, yeah. Arian is committed to him, but he's not committing to him beyond this year. Um, so I, but I think regardless if they struggle this year, they're, they will probably be the top two quarterbacks to hit free agency and there will be bidders for them because they're so young and no they, doubt. they flashed, you know, good play. They just haven't sustained it throughout their careers. And what's interesting too is how the top part of this class, at least Brady, 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 Breeze, Roethlisberger, and Rivers, their long-term futures or short-term future, short-term futures and what they might do, whether they stay in the NFL or ultimately retire and move on, uh, it will greatly affect, I think, what happens to Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, and Jacoby Brissett. Cause if you had this, like, out, out, you know, outflux or outflux? Yeah, four great quarterbacks. Is outflux leaving. a word? I don't know. I mean, influx is a word. So by rule, outflux should be a thing. <laughs> I don't know if it is. Yeah, outflux. All right, cool. Rock on. If you have this big outflux, should have just acted like it was, outflux of old quarterbacks like Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, and Rivers all retiring, and I don't think you'll get that, but you could get two of those guys retiring. No, I mean, easily. Yeah, Big Ben and Rivers could, I could see them potentially. I mean, I, I, think, could Brady and, I think Brady and Breeze could be the ones retiring. Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, look, you could get all four. I mean, if so, you know, who knows how this plays out? If you got all four of those guys retiring, Mariota and Winston would get monster deals on free in free agency. I would I would love to see one of those guys in New England too. Like Mariota seems like a Patriots 
He would he would annihilate in in New England. I mean, it's, it, that much is quite obvious. And then one one quickly one last name on that list and one possible connection. I think Jason Lockenfor had mentioned this in some radio interview. If Brissett hits free agency, do the Patriots try to bring him back? And you know they basically got compensation for him, never needed him because Brady stayed healthy. And if they could get him back as, you know, either a backup or, you know, Brady's successor, I think that would be interesting. Mm. All right. What about the, uh, I mean, this is nuts. Is this, why is this happening? Is this, I mean, maybe, I mean, are you looking at all how many good names there are? The wide receivers. I mean, maybe this I just is, I think these guys are going to get deals and they're just like Michael Thomas, I would guess hammers out a deal before next year. Right. Michael Tyree Thomas Hill. will get paid. Uh, but see, that's the thing. Tyreek Hill might not get paid. Emmanuel Sanders probably know. not getting paid. He's coming back on, he's on one year. AJ Green, I don't think they're going to give him another big contract. Amari Cooper should get paid, but if this Demarcus Lawrence thing drags out and then Dak Prescott drags out, Amari could end up walking. I mean, they, you know. they've got, they've got Zeke who will be on a fifth-year option next year. So they've got Zeke coming up that they got a budget for, too. There's a lot going on. Larry Fitz is on there, of course, every year, but he, you know, he'll probably retire, if anything. Uh, and then Devin Funches and Josh Gordon. Gordon will be an RFA. Uh, and let's throw the tight ends in here, too. Hunter Henry, Kyle Rudolph, Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper, Jack Doyle. Do you think this is – have we ever done this look-ahead before? I don't recall. I think Ryan did it. I didn't read his story from last <laughs> year. But I think yeah. what I would guess is that every year, if you do it a year in advance – the free agent class looks incredible. And then, you know, between now and, and next March, we're going to be writing a lot of extension stories. So, like, I mean, I guess Hunter Henry could conceivably hit free agency because, you know, he was supposed to break out last year and then he tore his ACL. Yeah. And if he didn't play well this year, but I would expect he will play well and I would expect the Chargers keep him. Um, I think Ebron is a guy who could hit free agency because he's not going to catch 13 touchdowns again, you know, just with normal touchdown regression. Um, and I really bet he wishes he was hitting free agency this year because someone would have overpaid him looking at those 13 touchdowns when the fact of the matter is he's probably, that's probably going to be cut in half just, just based on normal touchdown regression. But now sure. that I said that, I probably just jinxed it. <laughs> um, all right. Anyone else of note that you would, uh, that you would pinpoint from this list in terms of edge rushers? I mean, Clowney, Lawrence, Frank Clark. I mean, the top three are, were franchise tags, so yeah. we don't know what's so going to happen. Won't know until, of course, uh, and then Grady Jarrett on that list as well. Leonard Williams. Wow. That was fast. Um, how did we get there that fast? He's also, he's 24 years old still. Like, I feel like he's been in the NFL yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like 26, 27. Um, a couple good cornerbacks that keep to leave Chris Harris getting up there in age, but definitely you could see. A contender bringing them in on two years deal. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, two younger guys who have blossomed in recent years. I think they would be the long-term guys getting contracts. Hmm. Um, and then not that noteworthy, but in terms of kickers, you have Justin Tucker, um, Adam Vinatieri, Harrison Bucker, and Mason C- Crosby, which seems like a deeper free agent class than, than this past season, which was pretty much Robbie Gold and Steven Goskowski and Gold got tagged. I think we'll see Tucker probably get tagged or work out some sort of deal. And, Vinatieri's almost definitely not probably not going to leave and would just retire if anything. I, I think that's uh, the case, yeah. But I didn't realize Harrison Bucker has made 89.9% of his field goals over the last two years. He's great, which is incredible. Yeah, he's great. I once I met him at the um, at the combine before he was a rookie. He went to Georgia Tech, was a engineering major. He was a really interesting guy to talk to. So that was uh, that's my cool Harrison Bucker story. You like that? Uh, it was pretty subpar, but the <laughs> guy with that story. So. That's that's actually the worst uh, Harrison Bucker story I've ever heard. So good for you. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's get out of here. 
Good stuff. You got to go to the gym. I got to go watch some basketball and re- reunite with my family and tell them hello. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow Sean on Twitter at Sean J Wagner. See you guys on Monday.